everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming, joined by Li Yi and Joshua Cotero. Coming up, a video about a plus-size girl trying to squeeze herself into her seat in public transport sparked a wave of controversy. What infrastructure do we need in public places in our physical world as well as in the cyberspace? And when was the last time you flew with a commercial airline? Have you noticed a decrease in the number of entertainment options while you are on board? Do we still need a large library of music, movies, and TV series while we're flying? You can share your views about Roundtable and the issues we discuss. Send us an email at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. Now, Roundtable, let's take a look at the recent viral video. So, what exactly happened that in the video that、uh, so many people commented? Well, basically, this is a girl named、uh, Fu Tun Tun. So, according to Fu herself, she's really a plus-size girl. She stands at 170 centimeters in height and 143 kilograms in weight. And so, basically, she shared how she struggled to fit into a second-class seat while traveling on a high-speed train. So, in her videos,、um, she basically finds it quite challenging to squeeze herself into the seat. And、uh, although she's seated, she finds herself still her body extending beyond the seat. And、uh, also, it's quite challenging for her to lower the tray table. And despite her efforts to minimize Her space. She's still encroaching her neighbor's area. So this video actually is quite viral on social media. I think the girl has received mixed reactions and comments. Some people are pretty supportive, saying that、uh, this video has really made people realize how challenging it is for plus-size people to take public transportation. And also, there are certain encouragements coming from net users, saying that plus girls should be seen and should be supported and should be understood. And、uh, however, we. Still see a lot of comments which are not so friendly. Some people are simply criticizing her and even attacking her for being plus size. And some people saying that she should really lose weight before traveling on such a high speed train. Some people even say that she should directly buy first class ticket instead of second class ticket because of her size. So I think there are really several topics to be discussed when we look at this viral video online. First of all, of course. People are really making mixed reactions towards such video, and some comments, to my understanding, is quite not supplied, and people are not really showing any respect toward this girl.
Well, before we delve into the depth of、uh, people's reaction on this viral video, a little、uh, subcontext, a little context to、uh, her encounter,、uh, Miss Fu Tuntun, and that is, she bought、uh, a ticket to a second-class seat, and that is sort of. Uh, Arden, so the the most affordable seat option、uh, you can have when you travel、uh, on a high speed train. It is a lot more expensive than when you're traveling on a regular train that is not high speed, but it is the cheapest option available. Most people would choose would go for that. And then on top of that tier, there's the first class seats and also the business class seats. The first class being about 1.2 or 1.5 times the average price of the second class, and then the business class about、uh, twice the amount of second class. That's the context in which I hope you you could understand the story. And then the viral story. She was really brave in filming herself and really uploading the video over the internet. She did this intentionally. Might I know why she did that? Oh yeah, actually, of course, obesity and being plus size is a very Frequent topic in this discussion, and people are say attacking this girl for being、uh, fat or plus size. However, according to this girl, she has been unable to lose weight due to certain health conditions. And、uh, however, her extreme obesity has really caused her certain troubles in private life. For example, she find it quite challenging to find a job, and also quite challenging to travel on certain public transportation tools. Because of her obesity, so according to this girl, she just decided to to do things that she wouldn't normally do and document her experiences to really let people know what life is like being plus every day and、uh, sharing her daily struggles so that people can really have more understanding for people of such group. In other words, this viral video was her call on the society to have more awareness、uh, about people sharing the same. Situation with her, and Josh, what's your initial reaction to the viral video, and also to people's reaction to this? What would it have happened in in your country if somebody posts a video of himself or herself struggling to get into the seat of public transport? Well, I think that it would have sparked just a, a controversial debate as well, and often people are having these discussions. In my own country, about what to do about this issue, and my initial reaction is one that's quite mixed. Really, I, I think that it is a really difficult thing to deal with, and I think that it takes some real thought and care to deal with this issue because we are talking about equality and inclusivity here, which I think most people would agree is important. But then again, some people are going to believe that providing extra space for plus-sized travellers may. Do the opposite and actually infringe upon the rights of the passengers, right?、Um, who may not see, they may see as that not being、um, equal and inclusive for them, like financially, you know. So、uh, there's the solutions to this are, are complex, and there is a, there's actually quite a lot of examples of、um, airlines and transportation systems trying to deal with this. One example from my own country that I have witnessed is the Eurostar. So the Eurostar is the train that goes between. London and Gare du Nord in Paris, France. Right, it goes under the rock, under the ocean, and it's very fast. And this this high speed train service、um, also links several other European cities. And the way that it's addressed the issue of seating is by providing larger and more spacious seats in their business premier class. So these seats offer the extra width and room, similar to the example that you guys gave. But of course, 
this means that it's more expensive as well. And some of the airlines between Europe, they've also tried to deal with this of ways like you're allowed to book an extra seat for a lower price. I know that American um, United Airlines, actually, if you do book that extra seat and then it turns out that the plane isn't full, they'll actually refund the money for that seat to the person who's bought it. And these solutions, I think they're pretty good, but they certainly don't address this issue. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, how I feel about it, to be quite honest with you. I, I'm really, I really find it quite to be quite complex. Mm -hmm. I think with the exception of certain cultures where people will enjoy being uh, bigger and which indicates prosperity and also cultures in which people tend to grow bigger physically, naturally, and this is a common issue. I mean, uh, in the West, it's not politically correct to do body shaming openly, that's for sure, but the phrase morbidly abyss does exist and it does indicate certain uh, reaction to people in plus size. So I, I think it's something that we all have to deal with and just maybe we need to have this in the public discussion. And the reason why I find it quite interesting is I used to have this naive and innocent belief or, or trust in knowledge and in understanding and that is the more you know the more you're likely to share understanding and empathy with people who are different from you and the thing that is surprising is that we are now living in the age of the internet where information is passed on almost freely people have free access to knowledge and information and they're supposed to know each other better but in fact in the place of more understanding and more empathy, we are seeing really very unacceptable behaviors in the form of trolling. Some of the reactions we're getting for Ms. Futuntun amount to trolling and what would be the right response to trolling? Well, I think definitely some of those implied uh, comments are definitely trolling uh, in my own understanding. And uh, to answer your question, I think it's really interesting to think about the role of internet and especially the role of social media in this context, because maybe there are people like you who believe that as long as people are access to more information, they should be more tolerant and they should be more giving like understanding to other people and not really giving random and hasty conclusion or judgment toward other people. However, I think it's really an interesting question to think deeper. I mean, is internet a tool for cultivating tolerance or is internet a space for reinforcing stereotype? I think there could be like different answers toward this question. For me, I would say sometimes, especially with the emergence and popularity of social media platforms, it could create certain echo chamber. You know, people with their own stereotypes or uh, discrimination could only like reinforce their own uh, stereotypes and judgment when they're having this small and certain echo chamber established by the internet, established on the online virtual world. So that is also another thing attached to such trolling behavior or cyberbullying, because when you are observing those people who are attacking certain people, for most of the time, they're like only expressing their own discrimination and judgment toward the people 
it is because they have their own stereotypes. So that's why they are doing something like trolling. And uh, on the internet, I think, especially when everything is anonymous, there's a saying that it's easier to be mean when you are the unknown author. So on the internet, you don't really have to be responsible for your behaviors, for speeches. So it's only easier for people to say something that is not really unfriendly or applied to other people. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of reasons why people resort to trollings, and some are naively and innocently using trolling. Maybe they are born this way. Maybe they have an inclination to do so. Others they do it intentionally for, to promote certain ulterior motives. For instance, a businessman might use trolling to to egg on their customers to buy stuff to promote certain commodities. So, Josh, what would be your、uh, reaction from this? I mean. Should we have certain infrastructure in place in the cyberspace to recognize and also prevent trolling, no matter what form it takes? I mean, I guess so. I think that it is important that hate speech is minimized online、um, in an as effect- in an as an effective way as effective way as possible. But I mean, also this is social media. I think we often forget that social media is incredibly. Toxic at its core, I think. Anyway, because it is purely based on comparison. The way social media works, the way the amount of likes you get, the sharing, the the things that make people feel good and bad. And as、um, Theodore Roosevelt famously said, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Or the thief of happiness. I think it's something like that.、Right? And I, I I think that. Yeah, we do need regulations with things like this, but I mean, I just think that social media is ultimately flawed to give you any kind of positive or happy emotion from the from the start to beginning.、Um, so、uh, that that's my overall evaluation, which I know may be quite different from other people's, but that's what we do on Roundtable, right? We discuss this. I mean, when it, but I th- I do want to mention though that to stay in the context of today's conversation, that it does also on a in a very positive way, it does offer. An arena to have a conversation, a medium through which we can have a conversation about difficult topics,、um, sensitive issues such as this one. And I mean, we're talking about it today, right? And probably would we might not be talking about it on today's show unless it was for this video. But still, I think how many people listening to this really have ever been directly affected by somebody because of their plus size on transportation? I feel as though the issue can often be、um, made. To be worse than it actually is. I mean, for the p- other passengers, not for the person who is actually suffering this trolling, as you mentioned.、Mm-hmm. Let's switch from the virtual cyberspace back to the physical world. I think any people with compassion and empathy would agree that it's really necessary for us to take certain actions to accommodate the needs of people、uh, with special conditions. But I'm maybe one of the more conservative members of the society. I think it's okay if we are talking about public transport, which is subsidized by the government and, then,、uh, in fact, by the society overall. That we make accommodations for people with special needs, and then, but with regard to, let's say, something that's not public in nature, something that's entirely commercial. For instance, if you are traveling by plane, it is not exactly considered as public transport. You can choose not to fly. You can choose trains or or other means of transportation. The plane being the most expensive and also most. 
cases commercially operated, I think it is up to the operators, airliners, to decide what policies they take.、Uh, Josh, you mentioned earlier, certain companies provide the choice for their customers to buy an extra seat and then refund them if there's more seats、uh, if the plane is found to be、uh, empty. Comparatively speaking, so、um, my opinion would be sure we need to help out people with special needs, but、uh, there's a line here. I think that it's a, an interesting point that you make, Lai Ming, and I think that there is a difference as well between, or there's definitely an argument to be made about the difference between public transportation, you know, that is being funded by taxpayer money and a combination of other things, and private transportation and. This is why this issue is so complex. But I guess the most important thing is 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 to talk about it at least. And I think that、um, one of the one of the issues with talking about it, or the difference between us talking about it here face to face, in essence, it, it seems to be a lot more productive than social media, right? And the way that it's being taught, spoken about through the comments, where it just seems like everybody is individually. It's not. It, it doesn't feel like a discussion to me. That kind of context there. Well, I think is. It's really a complicated issue, especially when it comes to public transportation tool. It's basically the question of satisfying the needs of the majority or satisfying the needs of the minority. So I think it's really a tough decision for local transportation operators to decide whether or not to provide such special seats. But I just have one little question: Are people with plus size justified to pay extra money? For only being plus size, I mean that is a question for you know thinking for the discussion. <laughs> I don't understand your question. Should plus size people naturally pay more when they're traveling? Yes, should plus size people naturally pay more when they're traveling only because of their body shape? I mean we are talking about building a non-barrier society. We are talking about satisfying needs of all different groups, like elderly people, of of babies, of pregnant women. Then. We should be more like tolerant and building a more inclusive society in terms of that as well, I guess. But you're not taking away the fact that、uh, plus size people do take up more space. Well, that's a very interesting question because、uh, that depends on how public transportation are making their price tags, right?、Uh, based on what. So I guess there's no one size fits all solution for yes, that because in certain cities, for instance, in Shanghai, if you travel、uh, with a big luggage or a big suitcase on public transportation, you're supposed to buy an extra ticket. But then for a different city, perhaps it's a different policy. So I, like I said, maybe there isn't a one size fits all solution. Maybe it's up to each individual city with enough representation from its own citizens to make that call. Also allowing for their own financial conditions of the city, of course. There we go. A very controversial but fun discussion about plus size or people with special needs in public. You're listening to Roundtable. Up next, some frequent travelers claim they have fewer movie options when they fly with commercial airlines. Is that true? Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Welcome back to Roundtable. The last time I flew with an airplane,、uh, it did came to my attention that、uh, I had fewer options in terms of movies. 
uh, in the entertainment system on the plane. And uh, but then that was only only my personal observation. And so today we are looking at more people who are coming out and、uh, expressing the same opinion. That is, the airplanes seems to be reducing the amount of、uh, movies and TV series available for customers or passengers to enjoy during their flight. Yes, I think、uh, first of all, I think it's really important to highlight that there are different factors could affect the amount of in-flight entertainment options. For example, the types of aircraft, and、uh, when you're taking a newer aircraft, usually they are equipped with better、uh, in-flight entertainment systems, and、uh, of course, it has something to do with. Your airline services and the class of services as well, but I think in general we are witnessing a decline of in-flight entertainment in China and also in other countries. I think in U.S. there are also similar debates about whether or not airline companies are reducing the number of entertainment options on justified reasons or not. But overall, I think especially after the pandemic, all airlines are struggling in revenue and、uh, they are basically. Basically, reducing such entertainment options, which are not really necessary for every passenger. I mean, as for myself, you know, each time I'm taking a flight, although I would always like click a movie option on the screen. However, every time I just fell asleep after the plane takes off, so I don't really think it's a big deal for me. But I think for other passengers who always take the international flights and they are highly dependent on such in-flight entertainment options, that could be a problem. Josh, are you one that depends highly on the onboard entertainment system? Do you often click on a movie and、uh, enjoy it? It depends. It depends on the airline and it depends on the choice. Usually, I do not.、Um, I would rather rely on my own、uh, device and my own form of entertainment.、Um, so, and and it purely is because I I don't find the libraries of the films on there to be that interesting these over the last few years.、Um, I, I'm and I prefer to listen to something like a podcast or an audio book or something that's gonna. Allow me to rest my eyes a little bit,、um, uh, but yeah, it really depends on the airline, and also depends on the size of the plane and how long the flight is. Of course, if it's a bigger plane,、um, usually it has more space for servers and things like this. And if it's a long haul flight, then they've probably invested more in things like in-flight entertainment systems, just the size and also licensing restrictions. I guess it does depends on a lot of factors. I think the size of the plane does affect people's、uh, inclinations and predilections in this regard. Because if you are flying with a small size plane, chances are you are sharing the entertainment system with people around you. So there's no freedom to choose whatever you would like to enjoy. So、uh, in that case, most people would just resort to their own means of entertainment to begin with. Also,、um, the library isn't always up to date. I mean, if you are a frequent traveler, chances are you don't have time elsewhere uh, to uh, go into the movies and join the latest blockbuster. But the airlines don't always provide the latest、uh, and also the current available movie options. So、uh, it's sort of a, a redundant for us to 
to to have that system, and particularly more so when people have their own smart devices, and particularly more so when airliners are sort of、uh, losing their restrictions on gadget use. I mean,、uh, I think the China Eastern Airlines they sort of are promoting their own、uh, Wi-Fi system, saying that.、Uh, Passengers can turn on Wi-Fi and enjoy、uh, access to the internet, even、uh, right after takeoff. So there's almost a seamless connection to the internet, even though as you're traveling and、uh, a few thousand、uh, meters above、uh, above ground. So, as such, what do you think? Uh, and airliners can do if they really want to keep the system up to date and really want to keep、uh, passengers fixated on their、uh, entertainment system. Is it still necessary? <laughs> yeah, I think it's really. I think it's a twofold question. On the one hand, you can argue that airplane is majorly a transport. It's not really an entertainment venue, so it's not really an. Essential to provide such in-flight entertainment options at all. But cars are quickly becoming entertainment centers because they are increasingly driverless, and so for airplanes that we don't have to drive for ourselves, we don't have to fly for ourselves. Shouldn't people have the option to keep themselves entertained during flight? I think it's only because、um, when people are taking flights, they are getting used to the fact that planes should be offering in-flight entertainment. I mean, think about trains. You don't really expect you have such、uh, in-train entertainment options at the first place because you don't really have that previous experience. So it doesn't really matter. You, you don't really have these entertainment options on planes at all. So yeah, I think for different people, they might have different needs, and especially when you're seeing more air airlines and aircrafts are really offering better Wi-Fi connectivity. So maybe it's not really that a big deal. Uh, for the first place,、um, but I think for、um, those airlines who are still looking to attract and sustain passengers, maybe they can consider subscribing other new types of entertainment options. For example, like our podcast, and、uh, that could be a wonderful idea to have some easy and fun entertainment options.、Mm-hmm. Josh, as from a passenger's、uh, standpoint, do you think it's worthwhile for the airliners to invest more into their Wi-Fi system instead of Of the、uh, in-flight entertainment system. I mean, I, I guess so. I think that、um, these days that would probably make more sense, right?、Um, that's what people want. But they are already starting to do this, as we know, and、um, it's getting better and better. And I do think that that's probably the way forward. I think that the in-flight entertainment systems days are numbered to some degree, at least with this sort of offline. Thing, but I, I I gotta say that that does make me a little bit sad because I I really love being offline for that amount of time.、Uh, I I look forward to having that excuse to not you know message anybody back or receive any messages. So I'm a bit、um, nervous about the day when I'm gonna be able to be contacted by my boss, even when I'm on a twelve hour flight all the way back to London. Mm-hmm. So you can't fly away from your problem going forward. I mean that's sad. You can't. You can't. I mean no. <laughs> That's it. That's all the time we have for our discussion today on Roundtable. If you haven't heard enough from us, remember you can always find us at Roundtable China or any podcast platform that you prefer. Thank you for listening and bye bye.